This is Donna Skoglund, and you are listening to The Pleasure Project, episode 108. Let's talk about decluttering. It is springtime, if you are listening to this in real time, and I have really had the urge to declutter over the last month or so, and I created a big long list and I separated basically my whole house into sections. So each room into sections of things I wanted to, or I want to declutter. And I've been just slowly chipping away at it. I'm not sure if I'll complete everything. I've literally, you know, the plan is the entire house, Um, but we'll see. So I'm curious, have you had this urge to declutter? And totally normal that spring is, a time of year when you know we're clearing away the old, the dead, the outdated, and making space for the new. If you are someone who gardens, you've been probably doing that, pulling out the, the old plants and maybe raking the old dead leaves, maybe getting new plants to pot. So this is that time. And I wanted to do a podcast on my decluttering journey and lessons and habits and some steps that you can follow if you are feeling that urge and wanting a little bit of direction. So I think my decluttering journey started when I read Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's so much more than a book about decluttering. She is, you know, she is a She used to be a Buddhist nun, I believe, and so it's very spiritual, and I love how she talks about decluttering as a process of putting your past in order, because your stuff is a reflection of your past, and your outside, the space that you're in, is often a reflection of what is happening inside of your brain. And so this stuff is important. It's not just frivolous. It's not just materialistic or surface level. Our environment is constantly priming our subconscious mind. So we want to be intentional about our space because it has a huge impact on how we see ourselves, on our behaviors, on our habits, and even our mood. And this has been shown in so many studies that have proved this fact that our environment is stronger than willpower. And it's one of the things that we have the most, you know, the most control over, and it's the easiest thing to change, and it's often can create a really big impact. So when I read Marie Kondo's book, I was at a place where my kids were really young. I think it was around ten years ago, and I remember just toys everywhere, and I'm constantly stepping on kids' toys, and I just. We, our house felt too small for our two young kids and us, and we didn't have a lot of storage space, so there's you know just stuff everywhere. And I felt that sense of just overwhelm and busyness and disorganization, and it was really bothering me, and I didn't like it. I didn't like how the space felt. I just it just contributed to this feeling of being out of control. So I read the book and I started the process. And if you know the process or if you've heard about it, basically she recommends you go through your house one category at a time, starting with your clothes. And let's say you start with your tops. I think that's the first thing she recommends. So you find all the tops in your entire house. So 
from all the different closets and drawers and boxes and you put them, you take them all out and you put them all on the floor or on your bed and then you take one item at a time and you hold it close to your body and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? And you feel into your response, your physical response when you ask yourself that question. If it sparks joy, you keep it. And if it doesn't spark joy, you toss it. And that is the only criteria. It doesn't matter if that thing was expensive or if it was given to you by, you know, someone important or if it was a gift or if it was anything. The only reason to keep anything is if it sparks joy. And I remember it just being such a new concept to me. <laughs> and I think I, you know, I've come from, you know, my mom is someone that holds on to things and you know, I'm sure that came from her mom holding on to things. And I remember just having an accumulation of stuff that I had taken from growing up my house in Houston and then going and moving to New York for college and then to New York City after college and then living in multiple apartments in New York and then moving to our first apartment in BC and then our second, then our home, actually our yeah, first home and then second home. So I had brought, like, dragged so much unnecessary stuff with me, and it was just, just felt like too much. And I had this urge to just declutter and to minimize, and it took me a while. I'm, you know, I think that, and I would say I'm maybe not even completely done. The, the area that I have not really tackled yet is my digital space and probably a lot of I've, I've gone through papers but there's still so much more I can do and I would just say that letting go is hard harder for some than others some people have you know it's so easy for them to let go for me it's it's been challenging I think it's probably due to again the programming of my past and my family and holding on to stuff so I've you know I, I continue to declutter and go through things year after year and I, I feel like I am getting better and I it has made such a huge difference in my life and the more that I've learned about behavioral change and the power of our environment the more intentional I am with really just paying attention to my space and I remember in the house we were before we moved into this one that was the house where kind of started this journey and I felt, you know, it was a smaller house. It was our very first house ever. And I remember knowing that, okay, we're going to move. But until that happens, I really want to just start taking better care of the house, my stuff, and building better habits so that I already have these habits when we move into the space that will feel more like I want it to look. So I had first a vision of the space that I wanted, and I always recommend starting there. Create a compelling vision. Be intentional. Start with the end in mind. So I really knew that I wanted a space that had big windows, lots of light, tall ceilings, lots of space. I wanted it to feel modern and elegant and clean, and bright, and airy, and elegant. And I, I just knew that this is the kind of space that I wanted to have. So 
I want you to think about how do you want your space to feel? How do you want your space to look? What's your style? Do you have a style? For me, I love modern. I love mid-century modern. I love natural and like the things like wood and um, natural earthy colors. But I do also appreciate like a pop of color or something that is a little bit eclectic and something that just kind of stands out. Do you have color schemes? I, I, I personally love textures too. Textures matter to me. Functionality really matters to me. I don't want something to just look good if it's really uncomfortable. Comfort is really important to me. So I wanted a space that feels comfortable and warm and inviting. And what do you want your space to do for you? So we can use our space to support habits that we want, behaviors that we want. If you say want a space that really nurtures um, entertainment, for example, having people over, that's going to be very different than if you have a space that nurtures something else. Do you want a space that encourages you to move more, to exercise more? Then maybe you have a standing desk or a treadmill desk, or you have things that, you know, I sit on a ball, for example, uh, one of those exercise balls as my chair. And I've been doing that for years. Do you want to have like a, a foam roller nearby so that you can take a little stretch break? These are all things that you can do in your environment that support different behaviors. So, that is where you want to start. And the second thing is, now Marie Kondo recommends that you declutter your space one category at a time. So that's one way. It's not the only way. That's her way. You can also do, and what I tend to do more so than that, and I did that way the first time I did it, and now I just do in spaces. So for example, I'm going to do my bedside table. So I'll just take everything out of my bedside table. So you want to take everything out of that area and so that you can clean out that space and then you want to wash it down, wipe it down so that you're not putting stuff back into a dirty space. And then you go through everything one by one. And here are some questions that can help you through the decluttering process. And these are questions that will help you make decisions. And I think this is one of the hardest parts about decluttering is that we have to make decisions. And generally, especially if you're like me, you don't like to make decisions because there's a affinitude with them. It's like, okay, when you make a decision, then you kind of have to keep going in that direction of that decision, especially if it's something like something that you're going to get rid of and then you don't have it anymore. And yes, I have made decisions about things I've gotten rid of that I later regretted, but it's not the biggest deal. Honestly, right now, I can't even remember any of those things. So here are the decisions I like to use. And I used to have these on an index card and I would literally read them every single time I would do decluttering. So the first question is Marie Kondo's question, does it spark joy? And I do love this question because I do think it's very important. It's a good one. And this again, and I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before is that even feeling into your physical response can be new for some people. It was new for me and I didn't even know in the beginning of this process how to do that, how to even tap into does it spark joy? Because my brain wanted to answer the question and I wanted to answer it from a logical place of do I need this? You know, is this something I'll 
use later on? Or will I regret, <laughs> will I regret letting go of this? Probably not a good question to ask. So start with, does it spark joy? But this is why I like to have these other questions, because if that's for you, if you're not ready to just use that metric and that be the only metric you use, then I wanna offer you a few others. So the other question is, this is my other favorite, would I buy it again today? And this is such a good question because you're answering that question based on who you are now versus who you've been in the past. And as mentioned before, our space is a reflection of our past. And your who you are today is different from who you were a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. You have different values, you have different priorities, you have different goals. So based on who you are today, you wanna to ask that question because your past self, like I, you know, would have needed that thing or wanted that thing and, and your present self might not. So the next question is, is it current or outdated? Is it relevant to where you are now? I mean, I can just think of a whole bunch of electronics that are totally not relevant, like an iPad pod. Remember, an I remember iPods <laughs> or, you know, some sort of old technology that's outdated. Is it serving me? Is it you now? Do is it helping me? Is it helping me accomplish something? Sometimes let's say, um, I don't know, a tape dispenser might not spark joy, but it's serving you. You need it. So keep it. Don't get rid of it just because it doesn't spark joy for you. And then is it useful? And that kind of goes for the tape dispenser thing as well. So I want to review these questions real quick. Number one, does it spark joy? Number two, would I buy it again today? Number three, is it current or outdated and re or re relevant? Number four, is it serving me? Number five, is it useful? So once you've asked your, that question, and sometimes you don't even need to ask any of these questions. You right away know, I don't need this, and you let that go. So then you want to throw it away, donate it, or sell anything if you want to sell it, if you want to go through that process. And what I like to do is I have a cardboard box in a closet where anytime I find something that we don't that I don't want to keep, but I want to donate, I'll just put it in the box. And then when that box is full, I'll bring it, you know, to a thrift store. Another thing I do is I have a bag in my closet and I love to consign my clothes, at least the ones that, you know, have some value. And I love buying consignment clothes because I love the idea of, um, you know, basically not, not wasting and having a more sustainable, having more sustainable fashion. So I will do the same thing. I'll just have that bag accumulate clothes and then when it's full, then I will bring it to my favorite consignment store. So whatever it is that you do, you can either just get rid of it or put it in that box to donate at some point or if you want to sell it on Marketplace or something like that. And if you get stuck on an item and have a hard time deciding what to do with it, just put it aside and keep going. So don't get hung up. Don't spend too much time on one thing. 
So if you just want to kind of go through the process as swiftly as possible, do that. And then if you have kind of a pile of things that you have a harder time with, you can come back to that later. And like I said, it's letting go is challenging and it is like a muscle that gets developed with practice. So don't let it slow you down. Just keep going. So now I just want to end with a few habits that I built over the years that have helped me maintain a clear, clean, decluttered, tidy space. So number one is I love to make my bed in the morning. And, you know, it really is so nice to, first of all, walk into my bedroom when the bed is made, feel so much better. And it is that small little win so that you can start your day feeling successful. And it just takes a few moments. And, you know, our we because we are visual people, we are impacted by what we see. And our mind is constantly processing our environment. A millions of bits of information are going, our subconscious mind is, is trying to organize. So when there's extra clutter and stuff and mess, that is just more information that your brain has to process. We don't even realize it's doing this, but I have, as I've become more aware of my space and how it affects me, I've noticed that when something's out of place, I can tell there's like a kind of subconscious thought that's like, oh, I should put that away or that doesn't go there. I should clean that up. And again, it's just adding to the mental noise when my brain space is so precious. I don't like to have any mental noise in there that isn't necessary as much as possible. There's, you know, lots that we can't control the involuntary thoughts, but this is something we can control our space. So declutter or making your bed first thing in the morning. If you don't already have that habit, I do recommend starting there. Then after you eat, leave the kitchen clean, put the dishes in the dishwasher, wipe off the countertops. And again, it's like doing this little gesture for your future self that needs to go into the kitchen later on and doesn't have this accumulation of dishes in the sink or stuff and dirt. And then the process takes so much longer. So I personally like to do that after every single time I eat. I not my the other people in my family unfortunately don't have that habit yet, <laughs> but I have it. Put dirty clothes in the hamper right away. Don't leave it on the floor, don't pile it on the bed or a chair or furniture. Just put it in the hamper. It's the same thing. It takes just as long to put it on the floor than it does in the hamper. And I usually don't like to let laundry pile, like I basically have the hamper fill up and when it's one washing load, I put it in the washing machine and I wash it. So that, again, laundry doesn't pile up, pile up, and then I have like a million loads of laundry to do. And I love actually folding my laundry while I'm watching something. That's often when I will watch a Netflix show or I'll watch a training video. And I, I I do find it meditative twofold. And I do fold the way that Marie Kondo, you know, recommends in her book and having all your clothes basically like um, vertical instead of stacked one on top of the other, because when it's stacked, you can't see the things that are underneath. So I, I love doing her method of clothes folding. Another habit I have is when I leave one room, if something is in that room that doesn't belong there, let's say I am working on my desk and I have 
uh, a glass on my desk, then I will bring it to the kitchen when I'm leaving the room and going to the kitchen. Or if there's trash, I'll pick it up and I'll bring it to the kitchen. So when you leave a room, put one thing away that doesn't go there. Or if one thing, if you need to take something from one room into another room, do that just one thing at a time. And then this is a way to slowly kind of maintain the, the clear, clean, decluttered space. What else? I like to declutter my clothes twice a year. I do it in the spring and the fall. And sometimes I'll, you know, the spring clothes, I'll just do spring and summer clothes and then the fall I'll do fall and winter. Or sometimes I'll go through the whole closet twice a year. And I, again, this is a process. Like I still sometimes have a hard time letting go of things, but I have really more and more wanted just less stuff and recognizing how little I actually need and I don't need a million clothes. It's so much more important to me that I have quality clothes than quantity because honestly, I wear the same thing <laughs> during the day most of the time. I, I do, you know, vary a little bit, but not much. So I don't need a whole lot of stuff. So I think that's it. Those are my habits. Oh yeah, one last thing. Clear your desk at the end of each day so that, again, your future self tomorrow can come to a clean desk and just start and not have any of that visual clutter that is, again, it's it's communicating that disarray to your subconscious mind, whether you realize it or not. So I have a few little resources that I will actually put. It's actually one worksheet that I will put in the show notes. And this has the questions that I mentioned, the steps, and a list of things that you can do to move through the process of decluttering your space. And I would love to hear from you. And if you want help, if you want coaching, if you want guidance, accountability, support to do this and to really make your environment work for you and support who you're becoming and the goals you want ha you have and the habits that you want, reach out to me. You can email me and my email is in the show notes. Send me a message on Instagram and I would love to help you. I love decluttering. It's one of my favorite things and it really does make a huge impact on how you feel and your space matters. My newest thing that I am doing more of the time, not all the time, but more of the time and it I do see it becoming a regular habit is having fresh flowers. It's so nice. First of all, they smell so good. And it's just that little thing that really does delight me. And that's what we want our space to do. And this is why I love Marie Kondo's book is when everything in your house sparks joy, then you're going to just be in joy more of the time. You'll just be able to look around and allow your space to have that positive impact on your mood. All right. I'd love to hear from you. Do you need to declutter? Do you declutter? What are your thoughts? What did you learn? Reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Bye.